0: It's the CMXU Rookie Report, brought to you by Racetech and Charlie Johnson Racing, with your host, Ryan Gold.
1: All right, everybody, here we go again. Another podcast during the week. This is what we do here at Canadian Motocross Unfiltered. We deliver the goods, and I have been um, talking to the boys, Ryan Lockhart and Ken Catton, about adding more for our sponsors and we did a team manager podcast there a couple days ago with Alex Parker, and uh, another edition that we're going to do to the show during the weeks during the races is talking to like the top intermediate or the top rookie or the top sort of story outside of those main names that everybody kind of talks about. Uh, and this week's podcast is going to be brought to you by Race Tech and Charlie Johnson races Suspension. Race Tech is a beauty, and of course Charlie Johnson, you can hit him up, find his way through us. Or onto that social network and get yourself some race deck products because they are amazing and they make you f- go fast. Or at least he thinks he goes fast. So uh, get the same stuff as Ryan Lockhart if you want to look like you go fast. That's how it works out right there. So the first man we are going to talk to um, on our sort of check-in with a rookie or top intermediate. This one was pretty easy. He had a great weekend overall. Blake Davies is on the phone with me. Blake, buddy, how's it going? And uh, thanks for your time.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Um, really excited to be here. Um- I'm so stoked on this weekend. Um, track was,
1: you know, not the best, but we made made good time of it, and yeah, we have to be here. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, okay, let's get into that. Obviously, um, you know, you're young, so you just kind of you're you're probably still. And actually, you're you're still an intermediate, even though you got number 56 on the bike. You're still an intermediate racer uh, for everybody that is tuning in. Um, preparation going into to round one. Let's let's not talk track yet, but preparation going into it. You know, were you Plan, pre- prepared for the sprint motos? Did you know what was going on with that? Um, and obviously, you've been doing thirties and all that kind of stuff like that. Or were you? Was is this year just kind of like um, you know? Let's just give it a crack and see how it goes. Like, and you're obviously on a an MVP racing as well, right? So you're kind of got some pressure on you. Just give me your thoughts before we get into talking about the track where you kind of prepped for the whole sprint idea and like the you know, thirty minute motos and pro scene kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Well, I really was big into snow biking this winter. Like, snow biking took off really big. So we didn't really stop snow biking until a couple weeks before racing. So (laughs) (laughs) I got to some local races, and the local races are really close to the the sprint time. So I pretty much raced myself into shape for those motos. And then, yeah, I just did a couple 30s and hit the gym a bunch, did a bunch of road biking, like running, and, yeah, I did not too much, but I, I finally got there, and, there's definitely quite a bit of pressure from the team, like, being so young and being on the team. Like, like this is my dream growing up as a kid, and now I'm here, and it's like a little bit of pressure. But that first gate dropped, and yeah, I, was, I just made it work, and it happened. It went good.
1: Yeah, you, you were impressive this weekend. Actually, the first motor they're getting ninth. Uh, um, talk about, um, you know, well, how old are you now? I'm 14. Holy shit, dude! You're 14 years. You're barely allowed to ride pro, <laughs> right? Just being 14 years old—that's amazing. Um, you say this is a dream as a kid. Do you think you're a little too early into the class, or you you think you're you're right the right age? Because I mean, think about it. When you're 20, you're going to be a six-year deep pro already. You're literally the same story as Colton Facciotti. Colton Facciotti was 14 when he turned pro as well.
0: Yeah, I think I think I'm the right age. Like. With my size and stuff, it it really helps, like, to, to handle with the bike and stuff. But I still, we get so fo- focused on the pro thing, but I still need to focus on intermediate stuff because I was still junior last year, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, you were you were still on a two-stroke, two last year, no? Uh,
0: Yeah, I, w- I think DeChambeau was the last ride on a 125.
1: Yeah, okay. And, yeah, like you said, you're a big kid. How tall are you now?
0: I'm 6'3", now.
1: Jesus. Where the hell do you get your height? Your old man's not that tall.
0: It's the meat, man. You, you drill beef at the farm, and
1: oh, <laughs> yeah, steroids. Putting the steroid for height and all the beef. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so let's get into this. This past weekend here, obviously, uh, like you said, you had a little bit of pressure and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, when you turn pro, do you uh, well, I got to see this. Do you, do you put pressure on yourself? Like you know how good you are, and obviously you, you've had a great amateur career and still only being 14, you're still a kid. Do you put pressure on yourself, or is it still just kind of happy-go-lucky fun for you?
0: Well, I, I did set a pretty good goal coming in. I was like, I wanted to be top 15, especially with how stacked the class was. I, I set a goal of top 15 and one top 10 for the year, and I pretty much accomplished that in the first round. So that was the pressure I put on myself. And then coming into it, I really didn't like, I can sit there and dwell and dwell on being nervous and all that. I just kind of put it away and just focused on having a good time, getting to the track, hanging out. And then that, that last night, I, did, I put, all focused into it. I, I made a plan, of what I was going to do, and it it worked.
1: Nine, fourteen, twelve. What happened in the middle model there with the fourteen bad start? Or did you go down?
0: Uh, I I think I'm not really hundred. I didn't get the greatest start, and then I wasn't I wasn't aggressive enough on the first lap. Like right, there was guys going around me, and I was getting caught up, and I couldn't see the dust was starting to come up, and
1: yeah,
0: I don't think I was I wasn't being aggressive enough.
1: Is that something that um, you talked about after motos or something that you just realized yourself? Because that is that's true, especially in the sprint motos at the pro level. Like the first two or three laps, it is your bike is wide open, sort of out of control sometimes. And you got go to go for it to kind of find your, you know, find yourself within that space wherever you're sitting in, in positions or trying to move forward. Like, was that kind of a surprise for you?
0: Yeah, well, after the moto too, my dad was like, he was talking, he's like, you need to push harder and make a couple passes, because I, w- I was getting pretty good starts so instead of passing, I was getting passed, and then I didn't really know who, and then, yeah, it just kind of snowballed from getting passed in the, the first pass, but, yeah, I think just getting more aggressive on that first lap, it's a little nerve-wracking, because I'm 14, and all these guys, they see, I mean, they don't have yellow plates on, but they see the intermediate, and they want to get by them as fast as they can, so it's a little nerve wracking. but I think as I get a couple more races under my belt, I'll get better at it.
1: Yeah, I'm looking here at the laps, so you started 7th in Moto 1, went back to 8th, finished ninth. so decent decent lap uh, laps there, and yeah, you got passed, but rookie, uh, 14th, you started 12th and went back, oh, you lost two positions in that Moto 2, and then Moto 3 uh, started 12th and finished 12th as far as the lap count goes. So you're pretty consistent all day from where you started and finished. You only lost, if you look at it, you only lost four spots, like got past four times um, in it. So I mean, if you look at that, that's a pretty good damn day, especially with the track. And then we can start getting into that. Like the track was, was hard. Like if you left that main line, especially on the supercross side of things, it was marbly. There was not a lot of traction. So it looks like where you started, you kind of stayed unless you opened up the door or somebody made an aggressive pass on you. Is, is that uh, pretty safe to say?
0: It? Yeah, it, it was definitely pretty one-lined out there. And then, again, I, did, I didn't really feel like getting absolutely cleaned out because the, the guy behind me didn't want to be beat by a 14-year-old. So <laughs> I wasn't being, pushing the issue too hard. But <clears throat> I think as we get into this more, I'll get more aggressive.
1: Yeah, hey, 100% like you said. Buzz, you're 14 years old. This is a like a learning process and and to be honest with you, doing the pro side of it as the intermediate sort of like what Dylan Ripple did, uh, Tanner Scott, your teammate last year. Um it's anything is good. It's a full learning year to do it. Um and I think you 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 sound very educated already as a 14-year-old kind of trying to grasp things. So that's like you got a good head on your shoulders. Um let's just get your thoughts on the track. I mean, obviously you're a young kid. You like to ride anything and uh growing up in BC, you've probably ridden some uh, you know some crazy terrain and and stuff like that, but um not not everybody well pretty much everybody was not a fan of of the track. Uh, just give me your two cents on it i mean it was, it was tough man for sure, when you get prepared and going round one of a professional series i that was a little probably underwhelming um as far as the way they go and they 've admitted the the triple crown and m r c they've admitted that it wasn 't great, and you know move past the cam loops is going to Kamloops, gonna be good, but just you know what are your uh, what are your two cents on it all
0: yeah well' going back to when they first dropped the uh Track release. Um, I was really excited for it. Like, I saw the supercross, and I'm a really good, I'm a supercross guy. Yeah. So I was really excited for that. And then I showed up, and I, I was just keeping high hopes. I, I felt the dirt, and I was like, oh, it's, it's pretty hard, but I think if to keep the water too. It, it should be good. And I was, I was going into it really good, and I really liked the idea of it too, the supercross, and outdoor kind of mix. Right. <laughs> and then the track lit it was, it was good, but it was just the dirt. The dirt was a little just wasn't the right dirt and then I mean they did really good for what they what they had, but I think just maybe if they would have brought like the outside dirt and brought it into the stadium it would have been a little better. But overall it wasn't my favorite track, but I think it's really cool and yeah.
1: Do you think it um hindered your performance at all? Like do you think you could have been Top 10 even, or are you like you think you rode to your best and, and did kind of the best you did with what you did on that day? Kind of thing,
0: I think I did the best of what I could because I'm not a hard pack guy, I don't ride hard pack too often. Like, it's really soft, like Cam Loops and Mission, which is pure sand. And I don't, I'm not, a, I don't ride hard pack very often. So, for being at that a track that's out of my element, I think I'm pretty happy.
1: Nice, okay, so let's get into this upcoming week. Um, obviously, the W can. Um, you're going to be riding both intermediates, and is there a third class you can ride?
0: No, I'm only going to be racing two classes.
1: Okay, so just the two intermediates, and then obviously racing the pro on Sunday. Um, so you got six motos, practices, all that kind of stuff. You uh, you got lots of energy for uh, for all this heat. Like we were just talking before we got on here, it's supposed to be like 36 degrees every day out there.
0: Yeah, I think I'm ready. I mean, I've been drinking lots of water, which is pretty important, and then. I mean, we're relaxing because we drove straight over from Edmonton to Kamloops. So we right. go home first. So I've just been sitting around, hanging around, talking to people and not wasting too much energy. So I think when it comes, I should have a lot of energy, get a good sleep, and just hit it hard. Uh,
1: in the intermediate class, I'm a bit naive on the West Coast. Is there some solid – I mean, obviously you're the the kid going in um, uh, for to, to win these titles. I would think everybody's probably got you – uh, on the top of their uh, other list, is there some f- competition? Like, are you uh, Do you have anybody that you got to keep your eye on or anything like that? Or are you just kind of focused on doing your own thing?
0: Yeah, so in 250 Intermediate and Open, there'll be Noah Porter. So he's going oh, okay. to this year. And then in Open Intermediate, um, there's a kid that came. Uh, he's been Intermediate for a couple of years, I'm not sure. But he's really stepped it up, Lane Newins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So yep. he's only an open intermediate.
1: And Noah Porter, he actually got 16th on this weekend here, 17, 17, 17 in the motor. So there you go. That kid's got some skills. Yeah, right yeah.
0: behind me for a couple laps. There.
1: Uh, okay, good. so cool. I'll have to keep an eye on that. could be a good battle all week long. Um, and then uh, what for, you said uh, you're young kids. You, do you still really enjoy just watching races? Like, Do you like watching classes?
0: Yeah, That. So that last pro moto, I didn't even get gear. I wanted to watch a race. <laughs> nice, it, nice. It's always like when you go to the big races, you, the first thing you want to watch is you want to go watch the pro race. You want to watch the pro. and Now that you're in it, it's like, wow, it's it's, it's cool.
1: Uh, what class, other than obviously yours this week, the intermediates should be one to watch um, out there for like some good battles at the W can?
0: Uh, I think the schoolboy class. Okay. I think schoolboy, all the 125s, I've heard there's some – pretty good kids coming up and there's all the super medias are hopping in there and yeah it's a good class to watch
1: who's your pick if I was, if we were making a bet who are you betting on
0: uh, Jaden Riley
1: oh yeah okay he just got second there on the premix right behind uh, Hoyer on the weekend yeah, is he actually on a 125, though, or he rode a Super Mini right at at the race this weekend? No,
0: he's on a Super Mini still.
1: Okay, I thought we were trying to look at it on TV, and I'm like, I think it's a Super Mini. Um, okay, cool. Well, I wish those guys good luck, and good luck to you for that. Now, um, 14 years old, you know, training obviously is is huge in our sport now. Um, uh, when I grew up and myself and Noof you know, training was there, but it's, it's such a huge thing nowadays. You got to be in such crazy shape. Are you, do you enjoy training? Do you have a trainer? Are you understanding the concept of it all? Because like the way that Dylan Wright or Tanner Ward or Jess Pettis, the way these guys train these days, it's, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, even the Tomacs and stuff like that, probably the guys that you, you idolize, but are you looking forward to getting into that stuff? Do you enjoy kind of kicking the shit out of your body to, to, to test things? And again, being 14, you, are you really doing a ton right now?
0: It's something new. Like I've really been working on it this year. Um, I started going to the gym really hard this year. and I do enjoy it. Like road biking, you get on the road and you just you get new on your mindset and you just turn your brain off and just work and it, it's it's enjoyable. I mean, I go to work for my dad every now and then and oh nice. I'm like I can I can either be just putting up forms or I can go, go get on the pedal bike and hit the gym and get on the bike and just do moto so. I that that really drives me to do that
1: do you really do you like wearing that road biking gear
0: <laughs> I actually don't have the whole set yet I'm no using the helmet.
1: I always bust bust chops I'm like you guys look kind of weird wearing all that stuff like that wearing on this road but I guess it's kind of necessary when you're doing it um yeah. so okay training stuff like that um are you prepped you think 30 plus oh I guess you guys are 25 plus two actually in the 250 class uh, motos this weekend coming up like I said it's going to be a little bit hot uh, you know this track well are you feeling confident um, that you can keep the keep the goals in, in mind like top 15 I mean I think this is I guess we could say this is your home track if you will I know you're not you don't live in Kamloose but
0: yeah I think I think I'm ready We I've done quite a few 35s and I've been start like beginning of the year I was I was definitely hard to get through a 35s and then Now, at the end of the year, I'm ready. I can pretty much sprint a whole 35 on the practice track. But racing comes different. Like, you tense up, and it's a lot more work when you're racing, you're sprinting, you're battling the whole time. But I I think I can do it Just as long as I can stay up. If I don't crash and just stay up, I'll be good.
1: Uh, Let's talk about the team a little bit. MVP racing, kind of a not a last minute uh, addition because they were there a couple years ago and then they went away a year, Al Dick, the, the owner and manager over there, your teammate Tanner Scott out from Ontario, you guys get along well, um, just talk about the vibe and the team, uh, kind of how it, you know, how it got built for you guys and then, you know, into that first round there, how was everything working out?
0: Well, it's, it's really nice, like, it's, just it, a think you have a dream, like, you want to be on a team and now that I'm here, it's like, wow, I'm on a team and, it's really high vibes. Like I came in that first moto, and everyone's like, "Oh wow, good job!" And like, it's, instead of just my family, like they're always been really supportive. And now it's it's more than just that being supportive. So, really brings the vibe up. And then having someone to work on your bike, and like you just get to sit down and recoup and not have any worry about you. You come you come back, and your bike's a hundred percent ready to go. And it's really nice.
1: Uh, you're. I'm. This is probably a stupid question, but you guys are doing the whole series, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about? Uh, um, did you? Were you? I mean, you've you've been going to the race a long time, and and the BC uh, races are always a little bit spoiled with arena cross um, in the fall there, and so you've seen a lot of the the best racers of, of in Canada in all time. Where where if when you got onto the line and looking, were you a little starstruck by anybody? You're like, holy shit, I'm. There's Ryder McNabb, or I mean, he's only a couple years older than you, but um, or there's Mitchell Harrison, or hey, holy shit, now Tyler we were on the same track. Was there any sort of star, starstruck moment for you uh, this past weekend?
0: Yeah, so Moto Two, I was I got I was got a really good gay pick, and I got one on the inside. And I was sitting beside Kevin Benoit. I was like, wow, because I I could he was racing, but before I could even walk. So <laughs> when I was when I was sitting there, I'm like. Wow, so you Kevin
1: Benoit and then I gave him a fist bump and I was pretty pumped. Oh, that's super cool, man. Hey, you know what? Kevin is probably one of the most respected and would give the most respect racers in, in uh, Canadian folklore and, and history and stuff like that, so that's cool that he was able to do that and, I mean, uh, yeah, kind of a surprise that he won. I mean, I don't know if you were talking with people and, I mean, obviously, Blake, you hopefully one day that you can do the winning and this year that's probably not going to happen, obviously, but you got, like, goals, but were you surprised that he went to brought home the red plate coming into Loops?
0: Yeah, I was actually really surprised. That first moto that came in, I asked Al, my the team owner, and I was like, "Who who won the moto?" And he said, Kevin Benoit." I was like, "Wow!" Because there's a lot of talk when he's on the two stroke, and then when he switched to the four stroke, it kind of died down. But now it's like, I mean, you don't lose your speed, right? You never learn never lose how to ride a or ride a bike. So
1: yeah, no, I I I definitely. We knew he'd be good, but I truly think the experience kicked in this weekend just with the track and being able to kind of, you know, ride steady, get the starts, get through the carnage, all that kind of stuff for sir. so good good on him, and yeah, he's going to be wearing the red plate. Um, let's talk about stuff outside of uh, moto. What do, you, what do you like to do for fun? Are you into golf, or are you play video games, or like are you, you, you can't stop eating ice cream? I mean, you're only 14, so what the hell does a 14-year-old kid do nowadays other than when you're not riding a dirt bike?
0: I mean, usually I've been doing a lot of dirt jumping and mountain biking. Like, I got a, I got a big airbag in my house, so I've been oh, having nice. friends over lately doing that. And yeah, just just trying to stay outside, active, and.
1: What do you mean, like an airbag? Like you do like a freestyle ramp kind of onto an airbag?
0: Yeah, freestyle ramp to an airbag lander. <laughs> no so. way. Yeah, it's
1: pretty sick. Yeah, dude, that up like well, when I come out in the fall, I, I'm pretty sure me and your old man are going to be doing some working together with this arena cross series, and uh, I'll have to make sure I can stop by the house and check this out because you guys live not far from Chilliwack, right?
0: Yeah, I think just under an hour, over an hour. Yeah, cool.
1: Um, so yeah, airbag and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, you're still in school. Um, are you? How's that go? How does that work?
0: Um. This year, I was doing homeschool for the last two years. This year, I went back to school. So oh, okay. It's it's a little hard now, but all my teachers have been really understanding. So my mom sent an email, and they pretty much let me they excuse me from class for these l- last few weeks of the year. And th- thank goodness they're understanding because I don't think. It did
1: work without that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I remember my days of traveling. It was hard. it was hard to manage the school thing as well as, you know, focus on trying to do good. And then, of course, you know, chasing girls and stuff like that. You must miss that when you don't go to school. There's no girls around on the track, is there? <laughs> <laughs> that made you giggle there. Um, okay, what's the goal this weekend? Like I said, home track. Obviously, you're doing the intermediate stuff there. Hopefully, bring home a couple of championships. But going into Sunday, what's you got top 15. Do you think top 10 is is more of a more uh, um, realistic goal. I mean, from a guy like myself, knowing the skill that you have and this kind of being on a track that you know, I feel like top 10 is more of a goal this weekend. But where do you sit on that?
0: I think top 10 would be nice, but I, want, I just want to get a better finish than last weekend. So top, top 12.
1: Okay, so just trying to move up up the ladder.
0: Yeah, um, slowly work my way up and then,
1: yeah. Uh, in the open class, are you riding a 350 or a 450 or just your 250?
0: Uh, I think the open class, I'll ride a 450.
1: Oh, you will? Have you ridden much of a 450 at all?
0: Yeah, I've rode a bunch of 450s because all the snow bikes you take apart. Oh, yeah, that's right, like, yeah. There's like a bunch of 450s sitting there. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm two, not reckoning. A
1: 250 snow bike probably doesn't make too much sense, right? No. Yeah.
0: There they do work, but the 450 is definitely where it's at for snow
1: bikes. So let's talk about that a little bit. The snow bike thing, it, I mean, it, it looks like it's kind of – taking a step back as far as like the racing side, right? Like X Games and, you know, Brock Hoyer and stuff like that. But um I mean, obviously where you live the mountain stuff, that's that's your sort of release. That sounds like a lot of fun.
0: It's it's so much fun like yes, there's no racing, it's just free riding, you can do whatever you want and like there's just nothing like being in the mountains and the snow going in your face and it's something else. And yeah, I just, there's nothing to describe like being up at the in the elevation, you can see forever. Just the, the views, and the and then just you can, it's so fun because you can just hawk and jump. And if you crash, it really doesn't hurt unless you hit a tree or something. So there's, there's <laughs> really no limits to it either. So it's really fun.
1: Do you have to travel far from the house to do this? Like you got to load up, or can you leave right from like your your driveway?
0: Uh, we got to drive. The closest spot is about forty minutes.
1: Okay, so it's not too too bad. No. Uh, what got you into that? Is that something your old man liked to do, or is that something you just wanted to start doing?
0: Uh, it was Lee Coot. So oh yeah, my yeah. dad was a snowmobiler all his life, and he always wanted to bring me, but I was too little. So one day Lee Coot was with us, and he had a snow bike, and I was—I think I was seven years old—and they told me to hop on, and I was like, "No, it's too big, it's too big." And they're like, "No, get on it." And I got on it, and I just started riding around. And I could go everywhere I wanted because it really, it's not really—it's just like riding a dirt bike. Yeah and so from that moment at that time i had the little ripper kit and i was always too big for it so then my dad built one for him and he started sticking me on it and i could go wherever he went on the snowmobile and it worked and then he he got on it and he started liking it so then he built one and then glenn nixon he's really big into it he took me out a bunch he just made a really good ride and it just it kind of snowballed and got us hooked and yeah it's it's so much
1: fun. That's sweet. Yeah, I know um my buddy Kyle Beaton there, and his little gang of buddies were into it for a while, and obviously Hoyer and stuff. I I've ridden one a couple of times. I I couldn't really get on. I couldn't really enjoy. I don't. Know, I enjoyed it. It was fun, but it wasn't something I was like, okay, I'm going to get one and get into it. But I, I can imagine living in in BC, obviously with the access that you guys have to the mountains and the snow, much better there Like in Ontario, it's just flat everywhere, right? I mean, there's hills, but nothing like what you guys have. So I could see it being a lot more attractive out there and. uh um. yeah that sounds like a good time and like you said it's the the release you get you know it's uh you get up on the mountains it's, it's so free feeling It's that's pretty cool that you can kind of soak that in at 14 years old Um, you know that's something that like people do in their retirement right to go climb mountains and, and see the viewpoints like that that's a cool uh, vision that you guys are able to have
0: yeah my dad always says when I was a kid I never got to see this and then he's like I was 20 before I ever got to see this so just, I really just kind of Except the fact that like i'm just, this is extraordinary to be what I'm doing
1: how is uh it's winter right is your sister's name, yeah, yeah, I remember announcing that in the arena cross how's how's winter doing these days? does she still race too
0: uh she doesn't race, she's really into horses and but she she comes out on a snow bike every now and then, oh no way! nice snow bike' so yeah, it's pretty cool, my mom has one, so the whole family gets out there and yeah it's it's definitely a full family work effort to get this all through and like. Even my mom and sisters are all so supportive. And,
1: That's sweet, yeah, dude. It's really good. Uh, you said you were work for your dad. What, is, uh, what does he do for, for a job?
0: He owns his own construction company, Build Square Construction. Okay. And so, yeah, usually on a form day or concrete day, he'll bring me in always on the hardest days just to show me that just
1: pushes me every day hard hey, work hard work is uh is, is something that's hard to come by nowadays so if you're getting that instillity at 14 you're gonna probably go out to be a pretty good guy man that's a good attitude to have and that's cool your dad does that um all right kind of coming to an end here i didn't i didn't ask you this how's your bike your your race bike how is it suspension motor um is it everything you thought it would be does it need more i mean i guess it might have been a little bit hard to tell on the weekend but just talk to me about the uh, the bike that you're riding for mvp the smoothest bike I've ever ridden. That's all I can say. It's like
0: I was riding my practice bike, and then Al brought the bike to the test track <laughs> the first day I rode it. I hopped on that thing, and from the first time I, the dirt touched the tires, touched the dirt. It was so smooth. The suspension's been perfect, and the power of the engine. It's way faster than every any I've only ever ridden stock bikes, and it's it's the best bike I've ever had.
1: Nice. Oh, I mean that's. Um it, it, getting to that level now especially in the 250 class you have to have a good bike eh? it's it's pretty important i mean you're racing against whether i mean harrison's bike wasn't very good on the weekend obviously but his bike when it's working goes well and then the benoit factory ktms mcnab like those bikes are piccolo's honda um it, it, it you have to have a real good bike now don't you
0: yeah i think it gives you a little bit of confidence too like believing in your bike and yeah
1: yeah 100 percent um all right, Blake. Well, hey, man. I really appreciate the time today. Uh, one last thing here. Your favorite, uh, let's call world racer of all time, favorite racer of all time, and then I want your favorite Canadian racer, like someone who was like a hero that you wanted to be or you looked up to. So your favorite, like, I don't or maybe it's the same person around the globe, but most of the time everybody's got an American guy over top of a Canadian guy. So who's yours?
0: Uh, my from American guy is Jet Lawrence. Yeah, nice. My um, My Canada guy is
1: Colton Facciati. Ah, yeah, BC boy, right on. Uh, have you met? Have you met Colton a bunch?
0: Uh, I haven't met him too much. I've talked to him, I think, a couple times, but no, I should I should start talking to him more.
1: Six-time Canadian champion. You think he can win six championships? Hopefully, <laughs> that's right, buddy. Good paydays there. Well, hey, uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in to our first edition. Of this, and I'll uh, throw it over here. To I need it. I'm gonna need a name. For this podcast, for people that tune in, so tweet at us or Instagram us. Uh, big thank you once again to Charlie Johnson Racing Suspension out of Alberta and Race Tech. Uh, Race Tech is 100% made in the U.S., and they are 100% on board supporting Canadian Motocross Unfiltered. Uh, Blake, thanks for your time today. Good luck this week at the WCAN, and uh, good luck on Sunday, man. Keep, uh, keep hydrated, and uh, we wish you the best of luck.
0: Thank you.